0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway, an attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to another edition of Break a Bat, where baseball meets Broadway. I'm your host, Al Malafrante, coming at you for the Broadway Podcast Network with a very special hitter tonight. Uh, We're going to welcome someone to the batter's box who on the theater front certainly needs no introduction. Uh, For the baseball fans, you're in for a treat as our special hitter tonight is as much a Broadway all-star as anyone we've ever welcomed on the show. I'm not just saying that. Uh, her body of work and show business over the course of the past decade and change has made for a wonderful back of the baseball card. Uh, she got her start in the touring production of Spring Awakening as Vendla. Uh, she then went on to play Sue Snell and Carrie at the MCC Theater just before making her Broadway debut in Mama Mia when she starred as Sophie Sheridan over at the Winter Garden Theater. I'm sure for many of you, she's best known for originating the role of Princess Anya in the Broadway production of Anastasia. Uh, Over the course of nearly three seasons with the show, she went on to earn a Drama Desk nomination, a Theatre World Award, and of course, she also received the very prestigious Broadway.com Star of the Year title, which... Uh, on the baseball front, I often compare to being the top vote-getter at the All-Star Game. <laughs> so in addition to everything she's accomplished on stage, she's also a tremendous singer-songwriter with a new album on the way called uh, Wandering Bird. We're so grateful she could join us tonight. So with that being said, I ask you all to please turn your attention to home plate. Just beyond the marquee, now batting, Christy Altamar. Christy, welcome to Break a Bat. Uh-
1: thank you so much for having me. What a fantastic intro. You really hit all of the, all of the markers of my life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I read off all your stats, your accomplishments, Everything. your accolades. I think you're ready to hit.
1: I, honestly, yeah, you read off even more than I remembered. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's
0: so cool.
1: I've done all these things.
0: I'm so happy you could be here. How you doing?
1: I'm so happy to be here. I mean, I feel like I don't know if you sort of feel this way, but I sort of feel like like quarantine is like slowly, like disintegrating, and we're all like thawing from the frozenness of just not moving for a year. Are you feeling that way as
0: well? A little bit. I, I, I'm starting to see some more life uh, come back to the city. Especially, you know, the weather's starting to get a little bit nicer. We could eat inside again. It's nice. It's uh, you know, it, we're finally. I think we're I think we're out of the dark ages. I'll put it that way.
1: Yes, that's what I'm saying. You you feel the dark ages are are behind you, and that the future is. I mean, I've been living in Pennsylvania for basically a year. Because uh, once um, once it got really bad, like once a bunch of people in my apartment building started getting COVID, and I thought there was a period of time where I thought even I may have gotten COVID. I got really 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 sick at mid March, and um, you know then. It just like my neighborhood was like kind of scary because when there's less people on the streets and there's not that many policemen around, you know, late at night, we all had to be in before dark. So I just ended up going back to Pennsylvania where my family lives and I'm going back to New York tomorrow, which I'm so excited for. Uh, So it really does feel like the dark ages are behind me.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. We'll give you like a royal homecoming. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes, you'll have to like find out where I live and hold up a sign like "Welcome back." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know that's nice that you could do a lot worse than retreating to Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And I know that I have to say this as much as like any other guest that I've had on from Broadway. You've been pretty busy during this pandemic. It's nice to see that you're putting together that new album that's coming out soon. That's exciting.
1: Yeah, I've actually been. I've been. You know, I, this is like so sad because I really do feel like I am one of the lucky ones. I know I have a lot of friends, obviously, I'm, I've been working in this business for the last 10 years. I have a lot of actor friends who are not in my position and, you know, I feel for them and I feel for Broadway and I want it to come back. And that's why it's so encouraging that these vaccines have been working, that we're feeling like the effects of, you know, the governor trying to open things up. And hopefully if the numbers don't go up, I really hope Broadway gets, gets back to to full swing, <laughs> because I no fun intended, but I honestly just in my heart I just feel like just grateful and blessed that because I got to do Anastasia, it has it is it has provided me the opportunity to share my heart with you know a whole group of people who love the story of Anastasia, and those people have been huge supporters of mine and have sort of supported me and encouraged me to. I'm finishing this album, um, and it's coming out soon. And then I'm, you know, I teach, uh, acting, which I never thought I was going to, I would never thought I would be a teacher. And once quarantine hit and there wasn't much to do, these companies reached out and were like, Oh, do you want to, do you want to teach, you know, acting a song? And I never even thought that it would be something, that I would even enjoy, I didn't know, and so I started teaching, and I just found such love for that, and um, really feel like I'm giving back, even though we're in quarantine and we can't perform on a stage. You know, it's it's the other way I can give back to the world. Uh, and I did, you know, I did a Seth con- a Seth um, concert series, uh, which was like a virtual concert, um, which was really fun. So I have, I have, I have been busy. I have been doing things, and I, I'm very lucky for that to have that. You know, within my grasp at this time.
0: You mentioned that Seth concert series. I like the joke that you were making that you were kind of like the the pregame show for the Super Bowl. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. Well, what's so can I tell you the funny story with that? Is that they asked me to do it, right? And I'm a huge fan of Seth Rodetsky. Like massive. And so when when I found out I was being asked, I was like, yeah, yes, yes, like Seth Rodetsky. And then like a day later, I was like, oh my gosh. I got the Super Bowl slot. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, and then I was like, this is actually great because I'll just promote it as if it's like watch my concert, then watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> and so, that was basically how I I just spun the whole thing in that direction and I think it worked to my advantage.
0: Yeah, it was brilliant. The whole <laughs> promo that you did, you're, like, basically in a freaking gown and holding a football. Like, that yes,
1: actually yeah. awesome. Yeah, trying to, like, you know, ex- like, it also helps people remember the day it's happening. True. Because, you know, there's only one a year of that.
0: We need more sports tie-ins to Broadway. And, I, you know, I have to know because we do Oh, yes, radio,
1: we do. Right? Yes, it's, keep going.
0: I was going to say, you know, you being a Bucks County girl not far outside of Philadelphia— we have a little bit yeah. of a baseball backdrop here. Are you a Phillies girl, a Pirates girl? Because I know Pittsburgh's kind yeah. of part. I would say
1: Phillies, and and then obviously the Eagles for for football. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I th- I think everyone gravitates to their hometown. Like for you, you gravitate to yours as well, right? Or no?
0: Oh, of course. Oh, I've got the NY yeah. right on my yeah, head. I was like, it's
1: <laughs> on your head. Like, I feel it, and. And, you know, you, that's what was so cool about like when I was doing Anastasia, the Eagles won the the Super Bowl that year as I was doing the show. And it was just so crazy to like feel like I could represent like, oh, my, you know, my state, my state. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the Phillies totally, you know, support them.
0: Did uh, um, our buddy Derek ever get you to play Broadway Show League?
1: Oh wait, is that where he sings the national anthem? What <laughs> what is Broadway Show Week?
0: So believe it or not, there's a very distant land in New York City called Central Park. You've heard, you've heard.
1: oh yeah, not <laughs> far from my ha- not far from my apartment. Okay. wait, are you talking about the softball league?
0: The softball league, yeah, they call it Broadway Show Week.
1: Oh yeah, no, I never did the softball league, but I've always we- the thing is, I think every time that it's been available to me, I've just you're so exhausted doing your eight-show week that it's just, you have no, like, your all your energy goes into that. Um, but I do think it's very cool. And I also never did, they also have Broadway bowling, and I never did that either. Everyone was like, come on, we're all bowling. <laughs> and there's also, like, I think there was also, like, Broadway trivia was a thing, too, once. And I've, I've never been to any of these things. I'm so, I'm the worst. <laughs> but have you, did you ever, so have you done the Broadway league? The,
0: no, the, I, the, I I can't qualify. I'm not, a, I'm not like a cast member of one of these shows. Yeah, so. but
1: sometimes you can like, sometimes like if you're affiliated with a show, I feel like sometimes people get people in.
0: Okay. So the next maybe time, I'm you, lying. You know, next time know. you're in a Broadway show, you're just telling me that you're going to guarantee me the third base position. I think.
1: Is that, is that your position?
0: Back in the day. I mean, it's been a little while.
1: Okay. Wait. Next time I'm in a show, I will seek you out and, and see if maybe you can just wear a shirt that says Christie Altamar and you can represent for me.
0: All right, I'll, I'll wear a Christy Altamar jersey any day of the week. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I'll just pretend like you're me and it'll be great.
0: Yeah, there we go. That's totally fine. I can't I can't carry a show though like eight times a week like you did. have you have you enjoyed the downtime overall? I mean, I know you've been working throughout this, but like mentally, yeah. where are you at these days?
1: Actually, um, I don't even want to say this out loud because I don't want to manifest never working again. I love, I love being in shows and I love working professionally, but there is nothing, I, I really believe in that statement, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. And performers are kind of night dwellers. You know, we we have our show either a, a Saturday matinee, but most of the time, like eight o'clock, seven o'clock at night, and then you're done and you're doing the stage door sometimes till like twelve thirty, one o'clock, and then you get home and you have to decompress. And so then it just doesn't make sense for you to wake up at five and go to the gym. So you're waking up at like 10 and, you, and the day is kind of shot, you know, uh, not to mention, that when you are doing a show, you have to really be careful not to talk too much and to preserve your voice and to preserve your body. So there, you know, it there is very much like like training for the Olympics, you know, or being, being um, a professional sports player in a way. It's very much the same thing. Uh, so I... I, I, during this time, it's been nice because I get to wake up early. I get to go for a jog. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a runner. Like I ran the, um, the mar- the last marathon in 2019. They didn't get to do the real one, the New York city marathon in 2020. But I feel like this one, the next one's going to be crazy because it's the 50th anniversary of the New York city marathon.
0: Long tangent, but yeah, yeah. no, I should have mentioned that in your credentials. The fact that you 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 literally completed the New York City Marathon. Uh, that was absolutely epic. I, you have a reputation, you know, for being like a runner here on Broadway. So I think that's like a good 4K ve- to have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've always been a runner, but it wasn't until like I started doing Anastasia that it was like that little bug on my arm of like, you're not getting any younger and you want to run a marathon one day. Like, you should do it now, and the stoop and and in my mind, I was like, "This will be great because it'll be this time away from the show where I can really decompress." And I did the nine plus one, which if you're if you're in New York and you understand, it's basically you have to run through New York Roadrunners Association or whatever. You have to run nine races and then plus one like volunteer event, and I did. All of those races plus the volunteer event while I was doing eight shows a week, which was just crazy because some weekends I would have to like run 10 miles in a race and then do the matinee and then do the evening and then do press. Like, I don't even know how I did it. Um, and then it was so funny because at the very end I started to like, they started to realize that I was running this race, like the, the people at you know, the people that run the race. And they were like, you should have just asked us if you could qualify. We probably would have just gotten you in. But I was like, No, no, it's not fair. It's not fair to just give me that honor. Like I have to like earn it.
0: Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. Now let me ask you, you know, you mentioned the volunteer event. Do you get recognized at an event like that?
1: Um, well, no, because a vol- the volunteer event is just a bunch of runners and they're not focusing on faces usually. But I I think the most I get recognized would be in Midtown, like when people are going to see Broadway shows, or if I'm walking down 8th Avenue or 9th Avenue, and any Broadway actor will tell you that it just, it's like, it's the culture of everyone's seeing shows, everyone's thinking Broadway, and then you walk by and they may, you know, remember your face or know, know your show or have just seen your show or something like that.
0: You know, it's so interesting because I just think of you as someone who has such a positive disposition. And I want to bring up something that you've said a couple of times over the course of your career. But one thing I've always been curious about, I know in between Mama Mia and Anastasia, you had a little bit of like a layoff period. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, you hadn't worked in a while and you had kind of like made a conscious effort to change your outlook on life once the going got tough. But the thing that's always fascinated me is, you know, you're such a genuine girl. I can't see you through any other lens, but one that's like positive and, and kind. What was going on between Mamma Mia and Anastasia, you know, where your head was, you know, in like kind of like that different place that you've talked about where you really had to buckle down and change?
1: Thank you for bringing this up because I, I actually love talking about this because a lot of times when people hear about, oh, she was on Broadway or, or she, you know, she, she achieved something. They think that, you know, it's smooth sailing for you, but ultimately people who, anyone who's achieved anything that's considered like a feat, right? We would say being a Broadway lead is a feat has, has to go through that stage of of darkness. I feel like we all sort of have that place. And even if we don't, even if we get our success early on, you eventually, I feel like we all, no matter who it is, like you have to go through that to like that sense of self where you really have to look within and like things aren't always, you're not always at the top. Right. Um, And so when, after I played Sophie and Mama Mia, you were right. I went through this stage where like, nothing was going on. And when I was a kid, um, people used to always say, I feel like you have this childlike wonderment energy about you, right? Where I'm just so positive all the time and happy and silly and go lucky. So when the depression hit and the sadness hit and not getting to work hit and all these other things, like my boyfriend and I broke up and my, um, you know, I was running out of money and I was going to have to leave my apartment and just like anything bad that could happen, happened. Like one of my best friends passed away. It was just like everything piled on. I often end up being in a place where I feel incredibly, I'm, I'm one of those people that feels really like, I don't want to put my energy around someone when I'm sad. So I just hermit in. And that's what I've always done. Like if I find that I don't feel that childlike wonderment within myself and that happy go luckiness within myself, I just hermit. So I completely closed myself off from everyone and sort of like sat in my room in sadness. And in my way, I sort of feel like that's, actually good for me. It may not be good for other people, but for me, it was good because it forced me to sit with my thoughts and to sit with my feelings and to really analyze myself. And by, w- through that analyzing, I was able to realize, okay, these emotions are not normal. These feelings are not normal. Something is off with you you have to change everything. And so it wasn't until like right after the Christmas holiday where I was seeing my family and they're all sort of like giving me that look, like not saying it out loud, but sort of like, what are you doing? Like, are you still acting? Like, what is your life? And me just feeling like a failure. And I go back home and I lay on the ground and I look up at the ceiling and I say to myself, you know, you either end it all. I mean, that's dramatic, right? But I'm not that bad, but like, you know, you, you continue going down this dark path of sadness for the rest of your life, or you make the choice to change and to shift things. And the only thing that I could do is say to myself, like, your, your mind is sick. Like, it's just a mindset at the end of the day. It's, it's these beliefs that you create, right? So over time I was believing nobody ever wants to work with me again i'm not talented i'll never make it like you know you have all these like thoughts that just trickle in and just stay within you and so i just believed in myself and i was like you got to you got to just tell yourself your brain is sick right now your brain is is sick and it's misfiring and you need to rewire this so i woke up in the morning and i decided i'm going no matter how painful it is i'm going to make a shift and that pain is is important to understand. It's important to understand that change is painful, especially when you've been doing the same sad thing over and over again. We almost become friendly with that dark place. Like it's as much as we despise being in that sad depressing place, we also love it at the same time because it's what we know, it's our comfort zone. So to have broken out of that comfort zone, it's important to know it is gonna be painful. It is gonna be painful. And so I started with my own way of I created this thing called the accomplishment book, which I'm which I really want to actually like patent and do, like make a, an accomplishment book that other people can buy. But it's basically like a, you know, any other, any old day planner. But the goal is you write down your accomplishments after you've accomplished them. So you have a reminder, like a full-on reminder at the end of the day of what it is that you accomplished and what it is that you can feel proud of yourself for. And, and every day I would just tell myself it's incremental shifts. So in the morning I would wake up at five. Oh, the early to bed, early to rise. I was like, what do successful people do? They wake up early. So I started waking up at five in the morning and it was like, what else do they do? They work out. I didn't have the strength to walk to the gym and work out, but I had the strength to walk outside of my apartment. So I walked outside of my apartment, went inside, wrote it down, was able to get out the door. And then the next day it was, I was able to walk down the street. And then the next day it was, I was able to get into the gym. Then the next day it was, I was able to walk on the treadmill, you know? And so every day it was just those little incremental shifts. So that's a tiny example, but then it, I, I equated it to everything else, like, you know, cleaning my room and like, you know, answering emails and just getting, you know, calling my, my grandmother to tell her I love her, like, and writing all these things down and seeing them. And then you realize how much time you waste in a day. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm not being productive at all. And so then I just started like continuing to be productive and taking those missed hours and missed minutes. And, 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 you know, um, some people would call it like chopping wood. And like, you know, like all these things like equate to like versions of chopping wood, like they're busy. It's kind of busy work, but it it gets yourself in the mindset that you have to be in if you want to achieve anything. And so I continued to do that. And then eventually one day I started to become more and more elated with every day. I would wake up and I'd be like, yeah, I might have to leave my apartment in two weeks. But guess what that means? Like I get my apartment for two more weeks, which is the complete opposite of I'm going to lose my apartment. And so I had this incredible epiphany and, you know, realization that, you know, money doesn't matter. Being an actress doesn't matter. Like none of that matters. All that really matters is me loving myself that's all that matters. And once I, and believing in myself and believing that I can do anything. And part of me believing in myself was looking at that accomplishment book every day and seeing, wow, I was, I went from here to here. I went from can't even go to the gym to jogging three miles. Like I'm fine. And so if I can do that, I can do anything. And so then that turned into maybe if I can't be an actress, maybe I'll start a business. So I came up with this crazy business plan. I talked to people, they were all into it. I was like ready to do it. And then, um, I got a random call to ask me to do a reading, uh, for like not much money. It might've been like a hundred dollars or something. And I was like, okay. So I did this reading and it gave me this confidence of, I am an actress. And, uh, I called my agent. And my manager, and I was like, get me an audition. Cause I had, my auditions were dwindled down to nothing. And they were like, no, like no one, no one wants to see you. Like they even sent me like a list of everything they were sending me in for, which was a lot. Like they sent me in, they like Submitted me for so many auditions and none of the casting directors wanted to see me at that time Um, and they said it's because the new blood is coming in and like you're kind of old news is what they said And I was like, okay, but like it's your job to get me an audition So I believe in you get me an audition and they were like, okay So they fought i'm sure they had to make a couple calls and like who knows what they had to do but they got me two auditions and one of them was Anastasia. And then I went in for my Anastasia audition. The next day I found out I got it and it changed my whole life. I didn't have to move out of my apartment. Like I didn't, like ev- like everything shifted for me. And it, it just came from that belief in myself and that love for myself. And then it's almost like when you snap into that inside, then it provides you the opportunity to have the clarity to be able to make the steps to achieve the other things. You could say it's magic. You could say magically things come to you when you're positive. Or you could say when you have a positive outlook, you're also able to see the pathway to success better than you would before. Because let's say I got it and I was I got the audition for Anastasia and I was like super down and depressed. Maybe I wouldn't have worked as hard on it. Maybe I would have been feeling insecure because I hadn't, you know you know, been eating well or whatever. And so, you know, it's, it all starts from inside. I know I talked for a long time. Sorry.
0: No, no. go. Uh, this, I feel like this is a story that's never been told. How many girls are you going up against when you're auditioning for Anastasia?
1: Um, I think they said it was like hundreds because in this scenario, they had been auditioning I mean, because the birth of a musical sort of works like this. You write, they write the musical, then they'll do a reading. They'll try to get investors. Then they'll do another reading, try to get investors. Then eventually a workshop, try to get investors. Then they'll do an out-of-town tryout try to get investors and then if they get enough investors then they have enough money to go to broadway and so that's the kind of the birth of a musical and throughout this time generally they're holding auditions so they're holding a bunch of auditions for anya then they're holding a bunch of auditions for anya then they're holding a bunch of auditions for anya and luckily talk about serendipity the day i was like get me an audition to my agent it just so happens it was their last audition for the out of town tryout for anya for anastasia um And I didn't even know. I didn't know I was going in on a final, final, final audition. And they had already pretty much seen every Anya in the city that wanted to be Anya. And I walked in and I was one of the final people that they saw. And it just worked in my favor, you know? And that's never always the story, but I was just very fortunate and in the right place at the right time.
0: Now, did they have you sing the song when you go into that first audition?
1: Yeah, if you're if if you're going to a final callback especially, um they will give you all the material. So I had four songs from the show and four scenes from the show, which if you're auditioning they call it sides, but which I don't know why they should just call it scenes. But uh yeah, you have four scenes from the show that you kind of have to like perform. Um and I did those and then they asked me to come back later that day. Uh, to do a chemistry call. And a lot of times, this will happen with musicals that they'll have a chemistry session where a boy and a girl, or whoever's the love interest, um, they have the love interest together to see if there's chemistry or there's like a connection between the two of them. And I just so happened that they were like, we're going to have you do it with your old boyfriend. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then they were like, no, 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 not actually your boyfriend, but somebody who played your boyfriend in a musical. So I got to work with Derek Cletto, who you know. Um, and and it was so great because usually a final callback would be so terrifying, especially a final, final callback where they're calling you back after the big audition. Like, it's like the very last step before you find out you get it. You know, you, instead of being terrified, I was so excited because I was just going to get to perform with somebody who I admire, who I think is a great performer, who I've worked with before. So it's kind of took all the pressure off because it's like, whether I get this or not, I get to work with Derek today. How awesome. And so they saw that chemistry. They saw the connection between us and yeah, the rest is history. They cast both of us in the show and we got to do it on Broadway.
0: You absolutely crushed it. And I did get to see that show. And that's, that's not my typical genre of shows. I absolutely loved it. I even said that to Derek. Um, the one that I appreciated most, and obviously I love Journey to the Past, but uh, on this podcast, we joke that learn to do it is kind of <sighs> like the break a bat anthem because except, you know, we're not educating Broadway folks about, you know, the Romanov lifestyle. We're educating yes. them about baseball, you know, the information, the facts, the stats, you know, like the Duke of Oldenburg was short is kind of like, Cheater hit leadoff and played short. Like we do the little things like that.
1: Yes! <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean she's learning all of the all of the things to try to become an expert at the Romanoff family, and you know you'd be learning all those things to become an expert uh, at baseball.
0: Yeah, sort of, kind of. Yeah, li- it's or to become
1: play- a performer. I don't. I mean, I mean, a, a baseball player. I don't know.
0: What position would you play if like you think that you could be a baseball player?
1: Ooh, that's a really good question. Um I'm trying to think like I think I would like to catch the ball so maybe well the hardest one is first base, right? If you're in the outfield?
0: Well, if you're in the infield playing first base, anytime there's a ground ball, you got to get ready to field your position and catch the ball coming at you. I mean, realistically, if you talk about catching the ball, obviously the catcher is receiving from the pitcher at a very high speed. There's a pitcher actually on the Yankees named Aroldis Chapman, who's like kind of like our unofficial mascot. He throws 105 miles an hour. I don't know if you'd oh want to be this catcher. First base, I mean, is a pretty prominent position. It's a power position. You have a pretty powerful you, voice.
1: You I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would probably want to be power position, but like something that I think is manageable. I, I think all the stress of like, am I going to, you know, am I going to throw like the curveball or the this? Like, I don't think I could be like that person, but catching the ball like from the field. But I think that would be whatever, one of those positions. <laughs> um, wait, but I was going to say, do people break ribs when they're, when they're catching the, on the other side?
0: Well, you know when people break ribs a lot is when they're actually going after balls in crazy plays. Like if, let's say, I'll give you an example, in 99, Paul O'Neill, great Yankee, was going after a ball. This was right towards the end of the regular season. He was going for a ball down the foul line, and you're hustling. You can't see what's going on around you, and he just ran into the wall, and he breaks (gasps) his rib like coming up like that. And he still played throughout the playoffs because he's a badass, and that's why they called him the (laughs) warrior. But (laughs) it's like... It happens in more in the unexpected ways. It's not like, you know, from field, you know, having 95 hit you, um, you know, in the chest or something. It's more like those unexpected plays.
1: Yeah. I mean, you see see stuff like that happen in Broadway all the time where, oh my gosh, I went to go see honeymoon in Vegas on Broadway. And the, the stage manager was out that night. So they had the assistant stage manager calling the show, which when you call the show, you basically are the person who says like, okay, you can move this set piece. Now you can move this thing. Now you can enter now. Like she kind of like says it all through the headsets to let, you know, the stage hands know what to do. And she was like, great. You can open up the trap door on the ground now. So this big trap door opens up. Like slides open where, the, like, underneath is nothing but like the basement. So you'd be f- dropping from the stage to the basement. And she forgot to call for it to go back. So the lead girl danced into the trap and like fell and like broke her ankle. And still, this was the first number of the show. I watched her complete the full rest of the show with like a broken ankle. And they even like stopped the show for a second and Tony Danza was in it, in the show and he came out and he's like, she's okay. They're wrapping her ankles. She's going to get back out there. <laughs> and it was just crazy. And everyone's just sitting there like, oh my gosh, this girl's badass. Like just amazing.
0: <laughs> I love that. Now, have you ever come that close to like a really catastrophic injury on stage?
1: I did, but unfortunately I did not finish the show. Like I just left and went to the doctors and got stitches.
0: <laughs> which Wait, which was this Anastasia or Mamma Mia, or you know, I'm one no, of the it was things. actually
1: Spring Awakening, which is a show. I don't know if you you're familiar with the show, but it's kind of like. It's a it's a coming of age story where it, it's this repressed society in Germany where these kids find out what sex is and they're like, "Oh my gosh, like I had no idea." And then like two of the kids like end up having sex for the first time and and so my character, I was playing that character. And so throughout the show, I had these like knee-high stockings that like go I guess they thigh-high stockings that I wear throughout the show that I'm constantly pulling on and off throughout the show and and I, at the first scene of the show, I drop down on my knees. Um, it's like a part of the show where, like, I go to my knees to like put my head on my mother's lap to kind of ask her where do babies come from, right? So I go down on my knees, and something either goes up my knee or like scratches my knee, and I have a huge gash in my knee. So I finish the scene, I go off stage. And all I'm thinking about is this gash on my knee and me having to like pull on and off my stockings throughout the whole show. And they were like, Oh, you could do it. I was like, I don't think so. Like, I need-. And I left and I felt so bad because they just had hired a new understudy for me. And so she's literally backstage and she had like notes on her arm, like written down. And the other crazy thing about the show is the whole cast sits on stage it was kind of special where there were risers on the side of the stage so the whole cast sits on stage watching the show as it's happening so they're not even backstage so i go off go i'm going to the hospital and she's coming on in the next scene with like notes on her arm like four feet taller than me and everyone's like what happened but they can't say anything because they're just sitting on the stage watching but yeah, that's as close as I came. And I, I failed. See, this is why. This is why maybe I maybe I wouldn't be the best baseball player.
0: <laughs> well, you know what, Chrissy? Maybe not, but nonetheless, I thought of like of a kind of fun idea tonight. And you know, you and I have something in common, by the way. And I know that this is uh this is just audio. Maybe the folks at home can't see this. I'm gonna show you, and uh let me just pull something off the uh shelf here. Now when I pull these out here, what do, what do you see here?
1: Oh, one of my favorite shows. So, I see Jennifer Aniston.
0: Yeah, so we are both diehard Friends friends fans, me and Christy. And, uh, you know, all of our regular audience knows uh, of our, like, you know, baseball meets Broadway winner's circle. You know, those who kind of uh, establish themselves as part of the baseball meets Broadway trivia elite. Now, I know that, you know, I, Christy doesn't necessarily think that she might make a great baseball player, but I thought that uh, we could play a little game that combines the two main genres of our show, baseball and Broadway, as well as friends, which... Okay. Could, yeah, like, it's it's called the seventh inning stretch. And if uh, you answer enough of these questions right, you win a little prize, which is, like, kind of cool. Okay. And um, yeah, and the, the key rule is just you just get enough of them right, you win the prize. So there's like, uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. And if I fail, I'll just I, it's you'll tell fine. me to cut it, and
0: then we'll cut it. it wouldn't, be, <laughs> wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that has happened before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, how let many me get times it does it happen? Once. This might be number two. Yeah. So this was pre-COVID and we were still in studio too. So I've, I've that that taught me to like keep it very keep it very safe uh going forward. But this would actually be kind of cool. Sometimes you do games with a twist, and hopefully this will be right up your alley. And um yeah, let's see how you do. <laughs> okay. okay. Here's a fun one. Which of the following Broadway alum did not make a guest appearance on Friends? A, Brooke Shields. B, Charlton Heston. C, Deborah Messing. Or D, Christina Applegate.
1: Ooh. What was the second one?
0: <laughs> Charlton Heston was choice B.
1: I don't know who that actor is. I'm the worst. He what has like, he been in?
0: Like classic 60s, 70s movies. And I think his last Broadway appearance was in the 60s. Okay, so... Are him? you going to read the choices again? <laughs>
1: no, sorry. <laughs> no, You're giving me this chance where I'm like, no. Okay, so then I'll say uh the last one christina applegate is that what you christina
0: said? applegate played your girl jennifer aniston's sister in a few See, episodes my God. i was
1: like i feel like she's been in it and i was like and i also feel like deborah messing has but she hasn't
0: deborah messing was the answer that has not been in an episode of friends
1: i would have thought for sure deborah messing played somebody's girlfriend
0: you would have yeah. thought right like the nbc family unfortunately not Listen, you're over one. There's a lot of at bats in a baseball game and uh, the way <laughs> I, <laughs> see it is you might do a little bit better on this next one. Also ties into Friends in Broadway and a little bit of baseball, okay? Okay. Okay. Which Broadway alum and one-time Friends guest star played drums for the Beach Boys during their 1989 performance at Yankee Stadium? Is it A, Jason Alexander, B, Billy Crystal, C, Jeff Goldblum, or D, John Stamos?
1: John Stamos.
0: You've watched Full House growing up. Ding, ding, ding. That is the correct <laughs> answer.
1: Also, like, but it didn't he play with the Beach Boys on the show, on Full House.
0: Yeah, all, uh, many times, actually. Yes, you remember the forever <laughs> video as well. <laughs> okay, excellent. There we go. You got a hit. Uh,
1: I love Full House. Such a good show. So
0: classic. I actually
1: saw John Samos in How to Succeed in Business Without Even Trying when I was like, I don't know, eight years old when he was on Broadway.
0: Oh, he crushed it. I remember he was doing, I think it was Bye Bye Birdie fresh off a of Beach Boys tour because I remember going to see the Beach Boys live and people were talking like, oh, you know, he's he's going to be in New York for, you know, another month or so. He's like going to do Bye Bye Birdie. So, yeah. He's been Who did he play? Did
1: he play Birdie? He,
0: did he play Albert or did he play Birdie? I oh, yeah. He'd be an
1: Albert. In. He'd be an Albert.
0: Total dick fan. I don't he, see
1: him being like, oh, one last kiss. This, I'm sure he's he he Albert. <laughs>
0: He's more, yeah, Jesse and the Rippers didn't have that in their set list, typically, I don't think, right? <laughs> All right, so let's see. You're one for two here. Let's do a fun question here. Okay. I think you actually might get this one, and it's, it's basically a pure baseball question. Okay. Okay. The Yankees and Phillies faced off in the 2009 World Series. During okay. that series, which member of the Phillies tied the Major League record for most home runs in the Fall Classic? Is it A, Chase Utley, B, Raul Ibanez, C, Jason Worth, or D, Carlos Ruiz?
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't know the answer to this. I, mean, I can read this the is options
0: again.
1: <laughs> this is such an easy one, too, I'm sure. And I'm so sorry. What is it? Just say it.
0: Okay. The answer is A, Chase Utley. Okay. D, All right. He tied the record. Okay. You know what? Let's, uh, let's stick back to like the Broadway friends genre here. Um, get you into the winner's circle. Like I said, there's no real like golden rule as far as how many. I don't need
1: to be in the winner's circle, but I love answering these
0: questions. It's Uh, fun. It is kind of fun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm into this.
0: All right. This is a fun one. And I bet you remember this episode, season seven episode of friends. Rachel invites Chandler to Ralph Lauren in order to help him find a tuxedo for his wedding. Do you remember this?
1: I think I remember this <laughs> i have seen every episode of Friends. I'm pretty sure,
0: okay, so, so I'm it, scared all right let's uh, don't worry we haven't even played fastball Derby yet. Do not get scared yet. um <laughs> she shows up custom tuxedos that celebrities have worn to award shows and sent back. uh Rachel informs Chandler that one of those tuxedos was worn by a certain member of the New York Yankees was that Yankee a Paul O'Neill, B, Andy Pettit, C, David Justice, or D, Tino Martinez?
1: I do not know the answer to this. I'm so sorry. But these, these are really great curated questions. Can I just say the mix of Friends and baseball and Broadway, I'm just like, they're really great questions and I should know all of them, but unfortunately I do not. So tell me, what is it?
0: The answer is A, Paul O'Neill. Can you? I I tell you my broken rib before? (laughs) I thought that was. Yes, you just mentioned his broken
1: (laughs) rib. Do you know what my favorite part is? My favorite part of this is that, like, the last two have been A. So you hear A, and then you see like my face, just like. I know you guys are at home are just listening to this, but you're looking right at my face, Alan. and you're just like,
0: "It's a blast!" I wish she doesn't know the answer, doesn't this doesn't would... the answer
1: to this. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. This is why I really want this to be to still be in the podcast because I don't care. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just I don't know. I don't well, know here's the thing. You know, you don't
0: care about being in the winner circle, and that's okay. I think that you should still go out a winner with a a decently fun question here. Um, okay. And we keep it pure, pure, not, pure not one mention of baseball whatsoever. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe fun. I'll know the
1: answer to this. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll know the answer to this.
0: Let's see. Um, you're part of a great lineage when it comes to the Mama Mia franchise. Okay. Okay. The film version featured a number of phenomenal movie stars, uh, many of which have also performed on Broadway at some point in their career. Which of the following stars of the Mama Mia film? Has yet to appear on Broadway. Oh. Okay. Okay. A, Meryl Streep. P. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even get the answers uh, Okay. B, Pierce Brosnan. C, Christine Varansky. Or D, Dominic Cooper. Okay.
1: I'm going to say the second was the second one Pierce
0: Brosnan. That is correct. Yes, that, that is, is correct. That is, yes! that is, that is that, that, as much as we'd love to see James Bond on Broadway. You're correct with your choice of Pierce Brosnan. He's yet to appear on Broadway. And you actually, you still win a prize. This is no, actually- I don't. You're just saying that because I- <laughs> you win the participation trophy. <laughs> <Or> the participation. <laughs> I love it. This is your official. Chapman on Broadway break a bat long sleeve t-shirt. Oh, I love it.
1: Oh my gosh, it's long sleeve. Long sleeve's the best.
0: This is perfect for you coming back to New York right now, right? This is like a nice spring shirt you could wear to Yankee Stadium when you obviously are like so down to go to games. And um, you know, got Once bored.
1: once I have my vaccine, absolutely. Perfect. Going to all the games. All of them.
0: Epic. That's the spirit that we need. I, I, that's why I feel good about giving you this. So that is awesome. You've won it. Now, of the Chapman Yeah, you'll see him right up on there. He actually plays for the Yankees. I don't know how much he likes that he is the uh, unofficial mascot of this podcast, but (laughs) nonetheless, I'm sure he'll be happy to see that you're rocking the shirt. (laughs)
1: Nice. I'm sure it will figure it out over time, though, right? How long is this going to be going on?
0: Well, no, it, this has been going on for a year and a half. You know, the, he his avatar, excuse me, our avatar is him in the blue hairspray wig, actually. So, like, whenever we would tag him and post. So, yeah, he's viewed a couple of those. So, he uh, knows.
1: He's he's aware.
0: He's aware. He's aware. I don't know if he's happy about it, because I think that he disabled the ability for us to tag him. Oh! <laughs> his translator blocked us it was a whole big thing but anyway, oh my gosh <laughs> yeah.
1: but that almost makes it better like that's how you that's when you lean in
0: yeah and you just keep doing it <laughs> <laughs> you are an instigator it's so and, that's a great one.
1: <laughs> and that well i'm just saying what you're already doing
0: so it's yeah that's true well i'm glad that you're on board with that i appreciate that Now I know, uh, by the way, one thing I did want to talk to you about was I know that like right before things got crazy with Broadway, you were supposed to do the Dion project, anything, uh, any news on that front? Like what's going on with that?
1: Um, I, I don't have like any definite news, but I know that they're, you know, they're hoping that that once Broadway opens up, that it will run at the paper mill. The, the situation that they're, that the, the lucky situation we're in is that they never really got started, um, like building the sets or putting together the costumes uh it was always just we're gonna do the show and right around lockdown was before any of that stuff went into motion so it's not like you know it's just you know it's just an idea and and they already i think they i think they sold very very well uh the last time when it was supposed to happen so I think it's encouraging that, like, if it if it does go back, you know, there is a good chance that, like, maybe, you know, our show will get to represent, which would be really cool. And uh, amazing people were a part of it. I hope that they keep us all. Um, it's me and Michael Wortella and Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block, who's awesome and totally so talented. Oh, my goodness. Like, the show was incredible to work on. And Dion DiMucci is just such an icon of his time um his if you if you haven't heard of his music, he wrote run Around Sue, everyone knows that song and and the wanderer um but his newer music is is the music that like is definitely to listen to. He just came out with a new
0: album and it's unbelievable. Did't he have Springsteen on that album? am I wrong about that?
1: um I'm sure he has yeah i mean he Springsteen is a huge uh is it, Springsteen was inspired by, um, by Dion. And it's kind of interesting though. Cause like when you listen to Dion's music, you can see how Springsteen had like, you know, it's like I, you know, when I write music, I'm inspired we're all inspired by someone right so like I I grew up listening to Joni Mitchell so sometimes like when you hear my songs like all like you know like you put in a riff that sometimes sounds a little bit like that it's it's not so much copying as it is like giving an homage to that person and and another cool thing about The Wanderer was uh there's there was actually a Bruce Springsteen song that they added to that show uh that I got to sing which was really cool um I love Bruce Springsteen too he's amazing
0: so I know that. So typically I view Pennsylvania as like neutral to the New York and Jersey thing. So are you more of a Bruce girl than you are like a Billy Joel girl, for example?
1: Yeah. I mean, only because my fam, like my mom and my dad were big Bruce fans, like massive Bruce fans. So it's kind of like what I grew up with. And my, actually my whole family, um, came from Trenton, New Jersey. And then as like when I turned to every, it's so funny. It's like everybody sort of moved to Pennsylvania, which is right across the bridge from where I live, uh, like with the Delaware river connecting. So I, even though I am from Pennsylvania and I really did grow up in Pennsylvania, I, I do feel the influence of Jersey often uh, just because my parents were from Jersey and all of that. But I do love Billy Joel. I actually saw him live. In concert last last year, well before the quarantine started. So Uh,
0: yeah, that's. Were you able
1: to hear all of that? I'm sorry. Oh no, I
0: absolutely no, I absolutely was. It was it was coming in a little slowly there, but I will always stop and listen when you're talking about Billy Joel. So let me ask you this: you know, the closing point on uh, you know your taste in music. You said you love Joni Mitchell. Are we going to hear some you know Joni Mitchell style music in this upcoming album of yours?
1: Yeah, I think no matter what you know she she lives inside of me like a little bit like it's, but it's very much my own style. That is totally mine. Um, there's a slight influence there, but, but for the most part uh, I'm I, my, my, my music ranges between like slightly poppy to just, you know, I try to tell stories and, uh, and it and can be a bit folky as well. So yeah, I'm excited. I I have been writing for the past 10 years, but in the past 10 years I've been doing Broadway shows and things like that, so I haven't really had the time to invest. And um I've really poured my heart into this album and and I just I can't wait for it to be out there. It's it's time for sure.
0: I can't wait to listen to it. And I know you've released some other solo albums before, but you mentioned that 10 year gap. I think this is cool because it's the chance for your fans to, you know, hear your mature work, you know, from a songwriter standpoint. So I think. Yeah. So there's,
1: there's a lot of newer songs on there, but there's also some older songs from like when I was on tour or, you know, you can pick them out, you know, you can listen and like, Oh, that one was probably from tour. Uh, (laughs) And and some of them are from, you know, just when I was doing other shows. Uh, And then, and then some that are very, very recent. Uh, that kind of pertain like I have one song about you know being addicted to your phone and just like the chorus is like no one needs to know like about like you know when you have that feeling where you're on your phone and you're on your phone and you're sort of like I've wasted three hours looking at nothing no one needs to know my deep dark secret like you just feel like so bad so yeah there's some, some songs on there like that
0: That's interesting. And you know, that's, that's, that's a topic that really hasn't been tackled too much. So I'm, I'm sure that people will benefit from hearing your takes on that. I know I certainly (laughs) will. (laughs) Uh, The
1: good and the bad of it, right. It's just the humanness of it. Like we hate ourselves, but also it, it brings such pleasure like to, you know, flipping through your phone and finding things that make you happy.
0: I cannot wait to listen to this album and I certainly will give all the folks at home, you know, some links in the episode description is, you know, as far as how they can connect to uh, you know what you're doing on the music front and where they could find it. Um, oh, you know, thank you. Of course. And, uh, you know, Chrissy, there's one little segment that we used to wrap the show. It's not quite as fun as seventh inning stretch with those great trivia questions. But I uh,
1: loved, I, that was my favorite part of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> or this podcast. <laughs> my favorite part of this podcast.
0: I'm so glad that you're telling me that we could keep it in there because this segment, I want you to visualize like, that that guy who throws 105 miles an hour. Do you remember his name?
1: Oswald Chapman.
0: Of course, that's right. So Chapman is on the mound. Throw 105. You got to think quick in the batter's box. This is a chance you know, for folks at home to get to know you a little bit better with a few questions that we'll ask you about yourself. And uh, yeah, we'll ask you something. Think quick and tell us the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. Philly cheesesteak or New York slice?
1: New York slice.
0: Favorite New York City meal?
1: Everything. <laughs> everything.
0: <laughs> everything bagel?
1: <laughs> Literally everything. Everything there. I, I love the Mexican food. I love the I love the Indian food. I love the Thai food. I love like I love it all. Italian food. There's nothing bad. I love it all.
0: Are you part Italian,
1: Christy? I'm 50%.
0: I thought so. Okay. Are you Italian? I- Last name's It means bad forehead. You oh really trudge, right.
1: <laughs> what does it mean? Wait. What does it mean?
0: Bad forehead.
1: Oh, You're mine means judge. you don't have a bad forehead. <laughs> I'm I'm Altomare, which means the high of the sea.
0: Ooh, I like that. That's that's yeah. a lot better than bad forehead. That's that's fantastic.
1: That is a little weird that that's even a last name. That should not be allowed to be a last name. I mean, it's beautiful. It sounds gorgeous when you don't know what it means, but bad forehead really <laughs> like i just am glad that you live in america and you don't live in Italy.
0: i know unfortunately not all of us can have our names tied to the ocean like you do but that's all right Chrissy. all right Sorry.
1: i don't mean to judge it's really gorgeous when it's uh in america and we okay. don't really all know exactly <laughs>
0: Well said. And I think that's the first time that has ever come up on this podcast. So Perfect. <laughs> There's a first for anything. Exactly. Okay. Let's see here. Important one. Team Jeter or Team A-Rod?
1: Ooh. Mm, A-rod.
0: You must like J-Lo. Okay. Next question. J-Lo. <laughs> All right. Uh, greatest baseball game or sporting event you've ever been to.
1: Ooh, okay. You're going to laugh. But when I was younger, um, we went to see, uh, the, the, um, the women's world cup, uh, with Mia Hamm and Julie Foudy. I don't know if you remember those guys, but it was like, you know how the women's world cup comes every four years, but we were like the perfect time. And I think, I think Bill Clinton might've been there. So that was kind of cool. It's like, I know it's like a weird one, but. That's a cool,
0: Mia Hammond and, and Derek Jeter. I remember them being like the Gatorade commercials. the, ga- yes, just, the Gatorade. Yeah.
1: Remember that? Yeah, we yeah we really looked up to those girls. Like something about like all of those girls were so, there's something about that team, that, that soccer team. They were so charismatic. I don't think there's ever been a team since that you just, I mean, I've just really gravitated. We gravitated to them back in the day. So yeah
0: soccer a, i love soccer that's that's hey listen just the fact the fact that you're repping the sports tonight and everything is is, is huge for our i know you should be repping
1: baseball i should be repping baseball i should be like that time i went to the yankees game which i did there were times but
0: um I, that's going to be in the yeah. uh the the batting around episode with uh christy Altamar. but uh let's <laughs> let's see uh okay here's a good one uh america's band the beach boys or the eagles
1: Ooh, America's band.
0: Yeah, you're you you're the weight of the country. You know, I don't you know, think that you tournament. can say
1: that. I don't think you can do that because they're it's like apples t- and oranges.
0: You, you know think what I they're mean? That different. Yes. See, I think that that the Beach Boys inspired the Eagles. Like Glenn Frey talked about how Brian Wilson inspired him when he wrote, you know, "Peaceful a Feeling" and and Okay, TV. okay, and then so then the- California.
1: So then so then it would be the Beach Boys cuz they came first.
0: You can, oh, how about this then if you don't feel comfortable answering can you say who do you think is better?
1: Well, I I like the Eagles. That's I like the Eagles. Me too.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> it's the last big thing I did before COVID, was see the Eagles at the Garden. So Oh I, I, my
1: gosh. Not the yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, well and I, it's like I did, I never listened to the Beach Boys growing up but like the Eagles were always like on my mix like when I was in my car on the way to school. So it's you know I guess technically they're the more my jam. But if you're going to like say America's jam, I don't know what the answer to
0: that is. I thought that Chris, we were going to have a headline like Christy Altamar's speaks for USA. <laughs> says America's fan <band laughs> is, but <laughs> that's all right. Um, how about this fact about Christy Altomar that would surprise people the most? Um,
1: I once, well, I guess some people sort of may know this, but I once won a burrito, a Chipotle burrito eating contest. Me against ten men
0: <laughs> wow okay that did, that did surprise me. I didn't know that see well, we' breaking news and breaking fats over here.
1: I'm really good at eating very fast <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh also here's another here's another one i I love the game foosball. it's one of my favorite games, and i will I will beat you anytime I'm like so good at foosball, I love it, yeah,
0: all that time watching me a him obviously you know trends translated to the foosball table so that's yes into my
1: into my arms and my my wrists (laughs) perfect not my feet at all just my arms
0: uh let's see we'll do the final two that we use to close every show proudest moment of your career
1: that's really hard i think um maybe opening night Anastasia like you work so hard to get there and then you get to do it and you know you have that sense of like I accomplished something beautiful and great that I'm that I love so yeah opening night it's it's very cliche and very obvious but yeah probably that
0: hard to top that's hard to top yeah And what's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you?
1: Um, To be yourself, which is kind of a weird, also cliche about, about advice, but it's the one thing that's gotten me through everything in my life. Like when I was in high school, my dad used to always just be like, there's only one you on this earth. Like, Like nobody else is like you, nobody, you are special. There's nobody like you. And it's not that I'm more special than someone else. We are all special. We are all unique. We all have something to bring to the table. And Mm -hmm. I think, especially when you're a kid and so often when you're a kid, you're always like, looking to learn, looking to grow, looking to study. And those are important elements to a person is that you should be learning to grow. You should be trying to be a better version of yourself all the time. But within that, you can get caught up in the, oh, I want to be there and I'm not there yet. Or, oh, I wish I was more like that person or, ooh, this. And so it's about maintaining that level of wanting to learn while also like patting yourself on the back for the things that make you, you. Um, and so any anytime that I've leaned into that, you know, I remember waiting for auditions uh, for my college to see if I was going to get into college. And I'd be waiting in the waiting room and all these young teens were going in to perform for all of my favorite colleges and they're belting through the door. And I know I'm not like this massive belter at this time in my life but I just kept telling myself, yeah, but you have your thing. You have the thing that makes you special. Like you go in there, you mix the song, you know, you, you emote, you cry in the moment. Like you do, you know, like we all have that thing that makes us us, right. That thing that we do, that thing that makes us special, that thing that makes us unique. And while, you know, I wish I had other elements. I I wish I could jump into a split at that time in my life. Um, by leaning in to the parts that are you, that make you special and having that pride in yourself, you're able to move forward with love, um, respect and compassion for everyone else around you. So, yeah.
0: I love that. Awesome, Christy. It served you really well. You've had a tremendous career and I'm so grateful that we had the chance to speak with you tonight. This was absolutely epic.
1: I'm grateful too. And much like how... You know, nobody is perfect. We have to fail sometimes. I'm like so happy we're keeping in the part where I totally messed up that sex <laughs> that, that game. But it's gonna be great.
0: <laughs> Please, if you put me in a seventh inning stretch where I had to like sing or do what you do on stage, I wouldn't have even gotten a single hit. So you did I'll be like
1: to- <laughs> these five notes, which of them is a high E?
0: <laughs> oh, I'm I'm out for a but high C. Would you at least give me multiple choice, I would hope.
1: Um, yes, I do (laughs) ABCD
0: and even then I'm screwed, but
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'll have you on my podcast next time.
0: Deal. Anytime you want, Christy. That sounds awesome. And, uh, listen, I cannot thank you enough for coming on tonight. This was so epic.
1: This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored. It was a blast.
0: That was an honor for me as well. And uh, for all the folks at home, I cannot thank you enough for listening to Break a Bat tonight. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Al Malafrante signing off from the batter's box. We'll see you next time. Be well. (laughs) Keep that in. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time.